You are now listening to the Legends Lingo Podcast, presented by StudentUnionSports.com. Here are your hosts, Al and Powder. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Legends Lingo Podcast, episode 224, presented by StudentUnionSports.com. Make sure to check out everything on StudentUnionSports.com going on right now. The daily podcast, the daily blogs, the weekly podcast, the weekly blogs, everything else in between. And if you are interested in getting into sports writing or just the sports industry in any way, shape, or form, make sure to reach out to us at Student Union Sports. Contact Liam Smith, and he can get you potentially started in your sports industry career. Alan Nahigian here. Tom Powder Cadmus here. Powder, looking good in the red as usual. Thank you. Just getting ready for another busy weekend, but Boston sports are there's some stuff in the news, not a ton, but there's some stuff to talk about. There is some stuff to talk about, and we're going to get into all that. A couple Celtics tidbits, Patriots OTAs, a couple Red Sox tidbits here and there. I'm out of school for the summer, so I'm excited. Let's I go. Have, yeah, let's go. Exactly. Baseball season for me. I know baseball season's in the spring, but for me, baseball season's in the summer because that's obviously when I coach. I know you do a lot of stuff in the spring and then into the summer as well. But I'm excited, and I'm excited to get back out onto a baseball field. Got to practice today before it started raining, but it was fun. It was a good mm-hmm. time. I just, it just, it feels so good when I actually have a couple months off to decompress after a long year. And this year was a mm-hmm. long year. Let's just, let's just say that it was a long school year. Mm-hmm. But enough about my miserable school life. Let's get into some actual Boston sports topics. Patriots, Celtics, Red Sox. Powder, what do you want to talk about first? Uh, Let's talk about the Patriots. Let's start with them. I feel like we haven't started with them in a while. We haven't. I agree. So the Patriots, they're starting OTAs. And just uh, we're not going to talk like in depth about this, but just a couple notes just to make. One big thing that's happening, Powder, is the offense is finding its identity again. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, even Mac Jones himself, is saying that it feels like it's normal. It feels like things are on the same page. People are where they're supposed to be in the offense. They know where they're supposed to be personnel-wise. And the big thing is that Bill O'Brien is a presence for that offensive unit. And and, and players are saying it. They're saying he brings energy. They're saying he's loud. They're saying that he will get on guys when need be. And that's what that's what they want. And this is what we've wanted. Excuse me. This is what we've wanted for two seasons now. Yep. I mean, we know how much last year was a farce with Belichick and Judge and excuse me and Patricia. You know, too many people trying to run the offense. And now this year, Belichick was smart and was like, you know what? I'll get Billy O. Let him come in here and he can do his thing on offense. And then I can do my thing on defense and help the special teams and everything else. So it's good to see that Billy O is already making an impact. And I think people are really underestimating this Patriots team. Cause don't forget powder. You fix the special teams a little bit in the off season, bringing in some players. The defense has the potential to be a top five defense in the NFL. If the offense is even just in the, the middle of the pack, in the NFL to at absolute best, maybe like even 13 or 12th in the NFL in offense. Like that's, that's shooting high. Then you got something and you, then you could really have a season, but I don't know. Just, just overall thoughts on Billy O being 
kind of, and I know we talked about it when he got rehired here, but just kind of hearing now that he's actually with the Patriots, working with Mac Jones, working with the receivers, working with that whole offensive unit, just overall thoughts and the fact that it's a good first impression. No, you kind of said it where it's just, it's good to have someone who is an offensive minded coach first. Like, obviously I love Matt Patricia when he was with the Patriots as a defensive guy. My mom and I used to have a joke every time they're like, she would always comment whenever they showed him on the TV. Cause I don't know. I just love, he was a big burly guy with a big beard. I don't know. I always liked his personality and everything when he was on defense. Last year when he was on offense, I was like, I want him out of here as quickly as possible. When's the next train out Foxborough? Um, but having an offensive coordinator that's a true offensive coordinator is just one of the best things the Patriots could have. Because like we've said time and time again, Mac Jones needs to have a big third year or it's time to just say, okay, let's try and find something else. But I think having someone, we saw how good Mac Jones was with Josh, o, uh, with um, Josh McDaniels. I almost said Josh O'Brien. Uh, Josh <laughs> McDaniels. Yeah. Uh, and he, as his rookie year, he had a good offense corner team. He actually looked pretty good. Then having a non-offensive coordinator, he didn't look great. So Mac Jones is a type that he needs good structure around him to keep him good. But he's a winner. I think he's going to find a way to win. And like I've said, I don't know how many times if the, the Patriots can kind of take the San Francisco 49ers blueprint of success where just a defensive first team and the Patriots did it back when they won their first couple of Super Bowls. Tom Brady wasn't the like 6,000 yard passer, 50 touch. Like he wasn't like the best of the best, like where he's putting up all these stats. He was just finding ways to win games early in his career. And the Patriots won three Super Bowls with him like that. If the Patriots can get back to that and, like I said, like the 49ers and find ways to win games, even if they're low-scoring games, even if they're 20-17 to 17 wins or whatever, 17-14, a win is a win. I don't care if it's 2 nothing in football. If you find a way to win a game, you find a way to win a game. And I think the defense is going to be a huge part. And if Mac Jones can just slowly lead the team down the field and score points consistently, Patriots going to be fine. And having Billy O'Brien is going to help a lot. Just having that order, just having that, just that sense of like, it's a breath of fresh air. And I know we shouldn't be saying that, especially after 2021 when the Patriots actually made the playoffs. But when you take that huge step backwards, it's like, yeah, you're going to have to get back to where you were before you can get better. And I feel like we're going to see more of the Mac Jones that was the 2021 Mac Jones as opposed to the 2022 Mac Jones. And that's why I get on people when they're just, they're quick to move on with him. It's like, wait a minute. He's only been in the league for two years. And when he had an actual, like legitimate offensive coordinator, he performed. He did. So if he doesn't, and again, to your point, Powder, if he doesn't perform under Bill O'Brien this year, then he has no excuses. Then you have the conversation to move on. That's Mm -hmm. totally fine. But give him that third year. One good year, one bad year. See what he is. See if he's closer to the good side or see if he's closer to the bad side. And then you can make your adjustment from there, and then you can decide if you're going to pick up his fifth-year option from there. And one other tidbit from from OTAs that I just kind of wanted to bring up really quick, Christian Gonzalez is already making eye-popping plays. There was the – I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, Powder, but there was the picture of Christian Gonzalez in OTAs where it looks like Michael Jordan trying to go up and grab a football. 
I did like, not like see Jordan that. grabbing a basketball. You should look it up when you get the chance. Yeah. And everyone's just saying the same thing about Gonzalez. Freak athlete, great instincts, smart, fast, quick. I'm excited to see what this guy can do. I'll tell you what, if Christian Gonzalez ends up being your corner number one and you have him on the opposite side of Jonathan Jones, and then you put in like Jack Jones, Marcus Jones, don't give me Miles Bryant. I don't want Miles Bryant on the field. Keep him off the field as much as possible. But you know Miles Bryant mm. is going to get in there. He's going to play probably probably some like slot corner and stuff like that. But having Gonzalez in here adds to that defense. Yep. And especially not just Gonzalez, but Keon White too, second round pick. People are saying he's a monster. And people are saying that he can be a really good pass rusher in this league. So now you add all that with guys like Judon and Uche. And I'm just trying to think of like other corner stuff like Adrian Phillips, even like Kyle Duggar at safety, you know, Jabril Peppers at safety. And you have those pieces in place. Mm-hmm. That can make for a really special defense. I'm not going to say it's like the 85 Bears or the 2000 Ravens because those were those were legendary defenses. Yeah. But the Patriots can have a really special year on defense if everything can come together. Yep. And they're getting younger, which is something we've been saying for, I think, two years now as a podcast, is the Patriots need to get younger on defense, and they are. They're starting to get those pieces in place that are going to be here for for a decent while and be good. Right. And not only are they getting younger, they're getting faster too, which is good. You need speed in this league, especially with the way the NFL is. It's an offensive league. It's a point scoring league. You need to be able to have defensive players that are going to stop your offensive players. Because guess what? The Patriots have one of the toughest schedules in 2023. Their first matchup is the NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles with Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown, and that offense, that offensive line. They're going to get challenged right away. So if Gonzalez is ready, I'd put him on AJ Brown week one, say, all right, Rook, you get your first crack at it. See what you got yeah. and then make adjustments as you go. But I'm excited to see these additions in Christian Gonzalez in, you know, Keon white and everything else. So that way this defense can perform. And then as long as the offense can keep their head above water and the special teams doesn't give up two kickoff returns for touchdowns every game, then exactly. Yeah. How to just roll his eyes for anybody that that is listening to this and agree with it, but exciting times I think for the Patriots. I think they're going to surprise some people this year as long as everybody stays healthy too. Definitely. But those were just a couple of Patriots tidbits. I don't know if you heard anything else, Power, that you want to bring up, or we can just kind of move on. That's all I got. All right, <clears throat> we'll have more obviously as the off season continues on. DeAndre Hopkins by. By the way, just to bring this up real quick, DeAndre Hopkins taking a visit with the Titans. I think that's actually good for the Patriots because with the Titans, their salary cap situation isn't great, their quarterback situation isn't great, and their management looks like they're going toward a rebuild. So maybe that'll enforce the point that DeAndre Hopkins is looking more for the money. And if that's the case, the Patriots have the cap space to get DeAndre Hopkins. It's just up to them whether they actually pull the trigger or not. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens. So we'll keep a, we'll keep a Hopkins watch going too. Yep. Be on the lookout for that. All right, let's move on. Celtics, just a couple quick, quick little things that I wanted to bring up and just get your opinion on. At the end of the season, a lot of people were saying Joe Missoula needs some people on the bench, some experienced assistant coaches or experienced head coaches that would settle for an assistant role for a year. It looks like the that Brad Stevens is listening 
to the sports talk show radios and to all these podcasts because he went out and got Sam Cassell, former assistant of the Philadelphia 76ers under Doc Rivers. If Sam Cassell sounds familiar to you all, you remember that he was a part of the 08 championship team. He also won two championships in the mid-1990s with those Houston Rocket teams with Hakeem Olajuwon, Robert Ory, uh, Mario Ellie, and all those guys in, in between the two dynasties of the Bulls. But I think this is a really good move. This is a guy that's been here. This is a guy that knows Celtic pride, a guy that knows Celtic culture and how to win. And I think that it's a guy that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and the rest of the Celtics are going to respect. And I think that this is the start, but they need to add more on that bench. They need more. So Sam Cassell, great fit, great first piece. What's the next piece going to be? Yeah. Just any thoughts, Powder, Sam Cassell, joining the Celtics bench? No, like you said, a guy who's been there, done that, won three championships as a player. Um, and like you said, a guy who's been in Boston, been in the been able to play there, win a championship. So it's someone that, like you said, I think the two Jays and the rest of the group will respect and hopefully ask a lot of questions about how he was able to even even just was the teams were like how they were able to finish the job and especially like the Rockets teams that went back to back. Like that's teams that you want to know how they did it and all that stuff. So I think definitely someone that the players will look up to and talk to and respect and hopefully learn something from. I mean, I'll think, I think they'll definitely learn. And especially a guy like Marcus Smart can learn a lot from Sam Cassell. Because if you recall, Sam Cassell during that year, like during the second half, he helped uh, Rajon, Rajon, Rajon Rondo mm-hmm. during that second half of the year and, you know, helped the Celtics to a title. So Sam Cassell is going to be big from that from that perspective. Sticking with the Celtics real quick, there, there's one move that's going around in the NBA. Chris Paul was waived by the Phoenix Suns. There are reports that Chris Paul may want to go back to Phoenix on a different deal to play alongside Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. My question to you, Powder, is this. Would Chris Paul to the Celtics entertain you? What I would say just before you answer is this. For me, if he's coming off the bench and he's playing for a cheap contract and he's a guy that can that it can give you some playmaking ability off the bench, that's fine. Do I want him here as a starter at 38 years old? Not necessarily. Like, I don't know. Like, I like Chris Paul. If you got Chris Paul like five years ago, I'd be like, yeah, definitely do it. Mm-hmm. But he's older, you know, and th- there's just something about Chris Paul teams, man, that just fall apart in the playoffs. I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> but maybe that's why he'd be a fit for the Celtics, because the Celtics fall apart in the playoffs. I don't know. But except for last year when they made the finals. But anyways, mm-hmm. Chris Paul could potentially be someone the Celtics look at because – there are rumors that the Bucs would be interested, the Celtics would be interested, the Clippers, the Lakers. I think if he doesn't go back to Phoenix, I think he ends up in one of the two Los Angeleses. I think he ends up with the Lakers and plays with LeBron because I know LeBron's a big fan of Chris Paul. Or he ends up on the Clippers and plays with Kawhi and Paul George and tries a, tries his luck at a championship there because he doesn't have many years left. He might only have like a year or two left. But Would Chris Paul entice you here in Boston, Powder? Like you said, if it's a bench player coming off the bench at veterans ex- experience, even though, like you said, obviously not truly winning. Um, he does have one finals appearance, but um, 
No, I don't. Like you said, five, six, seven years ago when Chris Paul was still in his prime and still doing his thing, yeah, I would love to have Chris Paul on the Celtics. But at this point, if he's getting a lot of minutes, he's not someone I want to take a lot of minutes away from some of the players the Celtics have. So I don't think he's someone that the Celtics could should go after. I think if it's any, any point guard, if they can find a way to get Lillard, then maybe, but I don't think Paul's the right choice for them. Damian Lillard, I would love Damian Lillard. I know he, he spoke and said that Miami would be a destination he'd like. I don't know if he mentioned Philly. I know he mentioned Miami, but listen, I would love a trade package for Damian Lillard that consisted of Marcus Smart, Grant Williams, Peyton Pritchard, and I would give up like the 2028 first round pick. Yeah. Like if you give that up, I, I think Portland might seriously consider that, especially with the fact that you'd be getting a defense, a former defensive player of the year and an improving shooting point guard in Marcus Smart, a good shooter in Peyton Pritchard, a three and D guy in Grant Williams, and you're getting a first round pick. Yeah. So yeah, I mean Chris Paul, like I said, five years ago would be so much fun here. I know. He would be. Now, just, no. Like, again, I don't think it's going to happen either. I think Chris Paul, like I said, is either going to end up back with Phoenix or he's going to end up in one or two Los Angeles teams. Plain and simple. But it is fun to speculate. You know what else is fun, Powder? What? Going to A&B Kitchen and Bar. Oh, it definitely is. Yep. Let me tell you about how much fun it is to go A&B Kitchen and Bar. A&B Kitchen and Bar, like I said, every week uh, sponsors Legends Lingo, and it's located in Boston, Massachusetts, right across the street from the TD Garden. And they also have a sister restaurant, A&B Burgers, located in Beverly, Massachusetts, in the North Shore. So if you're looking for a great burger, um, great, just any kind of great food, they have kind of A&B Kitchen in Bar in Boston has kind of a little bit of everything. They have fish and chips. They have meatloaf. Excuse me. They have a pasta dish. Uh, their beer is local. Their wine uh, their wine's local. Their soda's local. But if you're looking for a great time, great atmosphere, especially when um, you're going to concert at the Garden or maybe come the fall when the Celtics and Bruins come back, you want to – Get the atmosphere of the garden when that place is rocking. Go A&B Kitchen and Bar and tell them Legends Boy sent you. Shout out to our friends always at A&B Kitchen and Bar. Great place, better people, even better memories. All right, last kind of topic that we're going to talk about tonight. It's going to be, it's a quick episode. It's nothing crazy. Again, not a lot happening. Definitely some things that we can talk about. Chris Sale's injured again. Left shoulder inflammation for Chris Sale. Hopefully, we're going to get a little bit more of a timetable next week as to the extent of the injury, how long it's going to be out. Right now, he's on the 15-day IL. Powder, I got to tell you, getting a little sick of seeing Chris Sale in the IL. I love Chris Sale, the person. I love Chris Sale, the pitcher, the player, and the man. But I'm getting tired of just seeing him always get hurt because it affects the Red Sox, but not only does it affect the Red Sox, it affects him. Yeah. Like the next day, so this happened on this happened, I believe, last Thursday against the Reds. Comes out first three innings, he has like five, six strikeouts, looking great. Trainer comes out, checks on him in the fourth inning. He says he's okay. He pitches another 
to another batter or two, and then the trainer comes out again, and they go get him. And mm -hmm. then it comes out as left shoulder inflammation. Then Friday, he has a press conference, says that he's down again, says that he's frustrated. And, you know, one thing I can always say about Chris Sale, he's always accountable. He will always mm -hmm. tell it like it is. He'll tell you he sucks. He'll tell you that he didn't do his job if he didn't do it. And then when the, the Red Sox win, he gives credit to everybody else. That's the type of teammate you want. Yeah. But again, it's just with this season, especially the Red Sox are 500 exactly. And they're losing right now, actually three, nothing to the guardians. And it's, it's just, it's so heartbreaking to see because Chris sale was so good and he was pitching really well in the stretch. He was one of the best pitchers in baseball yeah. the last like month and a half. So when you add all that into consideration, especially with this team and their expectations, him and James Paxton were the two veteran arms you were relying on, and now he's hurt. Yeah. And we don't know how long he's going to be out for. So I don't know if you just had any thoughts on on just sale and everything that kind of went on. Yeah, like you said, it stinks seeing him go down again, especially with a pitcher. Like some pitchers, they get injured, and they could be injury-prone or whatever. They'll just kind of get injured and go hide um in the shadows he's a type he'll go right out and say hey it sucks i'm injured i feel bad forever for the team he he wants to be out there every fifth day competing and trying to help the red sox win baseball games and when he can't he'll be the first to admit it and he will he will take it to heart which is like you said something you like to see out of someone but also sucks that he has to say it to us a lot that he's injured and stuff like that so it I'm hoping it's speedy. I hope it's only about a month that he's out and then he's back because the Red Sox definitely need him because they're teetering right at that. Like, they're close to a playoff spot because the kind of every other division isn't that great with AL East, like we talked about, I think it was last week. AL East is the best division in baseball. Every team, obviously Red Sox are 500. They're the last place team. Every team's either 500 or better. Um, in the AL East, which no other division can say that. Um, no other division is really close to that. So it's it's tough because if you put the Red Sox in the AL Central, they'd be either first or second place, and you would think they were legit. But obviously they're right. not. They're competing against the Rays, the Yankees, the Orioles. Those three teams are very good. The Jays are good on paper they haven't been playing great this year but they're still good so it just the red sox if the red sox want any chance of making the postseason this year they need chris sale back they do need chris sale back and they need him back soon yep because guess what powder they they made a lot of mistakes a lot of mistakes kk hernandez playing shortstop that's the mistake mm -hmm. leave him in the outfield let him platoon and this Red Sox team, the, the sad part is they're getting they're going to get healthier. And why is that sad? Because it feels like whatever they put in, something's going to go wrong. Yeah. Like Trevor Story has started ramping up his baseball activities. Adam Duvall is going to be back. I think as we're recording, he's going to be back on Friday. Yeah, he's going to be back soon. Trevor Story could be come back sooner. He's following the Bryce Hopper blueprint where he'll DH with like a brace on his elbow so he can at least play right and and that's going to help but we we talked about this in the offseason 
they needed young starting pitching. Yeah. And by the way, the Guardians, the team that you're playing, looks like they're going to try to trade Shane Bieber by the deadline. If I'm Hein Bloom, I'm trying to get Bieber. Yeah. A, a top end of the rotation guy and a young guy too. Yep. But he's not a legit ace anymore, but he's a guy that would improve the Red Sox pitching staff wholeheartedly. Like he's probably a two or three. He's a two or three, but for the Red Sox, he would be pretty much a one. He's a guy that, yes, he's a guy that would help the rotation. No doubt about it. And especially with guys like Bayo and Whitlock and Hulk and young guys coming up. You have a good mixture of veterans. I mean, James Pack in veterans and young guys. James Paxton has been pitching really well since he's been healthy. Knock on wood for him. Make sure that he, you know, stays healthy and continues to do what he's been doing. But again, this is a team that everything needs to go right. And when you lose someone like Chris Sale, it doesn't do you any good. Mm-hmm. What else doesn't do you any good is when you don't hustle in games. You want to talk about that topic real quick since you were the one that brought it up uh, pre-show? Yeah. So. Um, I happen to see the thing pop up, the ESPN alert saying Alex Verdugo's benched for for not hustling. Um, if you look at the highlights from last night, there's a play where um Alex Verdugo there there's a ground ball hit and Alex Verdugo doesn't hustle it out to second base. If he hustled out, he would have been safe at second base. And now he's suffering the consequences of not hustling and he's being benched. Um tonight do i agree with it probably no because he's kind of the spark plug of the red sox he's kind of one of the leaders his personality but i get it especially from core's perspective you want to make sure that um that the red sox like everybody plays a hard every game so hopefully the hopefully this is just a one game thing and verdugo goes back in the lineup tomorrow I think Verdugo will be in the lineup tomorrow. I think because he had such a hot start and he's kind of faltering a little bit, I think that there's some frustration there. But again, you got to play the game the right way. And playing the game the right way means you have to be able to hustle out a ground ball, hustle out a fly ball. Yeah. Like you need to be the spark plug, like you mentioned, Powder. Spark plugs do all the little things. Yeah. And if you're going to do the little things right, then guess what? You got to do them. Yeah. You got to do them like that. That's all there is to it. You have to do it. Yeah. So I, so I look forward to seeing Alex Verdugo continue his good season that he's had. Yeah. But again, be the leader that the Red Sox need. Alex Cora called out Alex Verdugo for a reason. So Verdugo needs to step up. Yeah. Plain and simple. That's kind of it for topics tonight. That's yeah. all we really had. Anything else, Powder, you want to? say or talk about before we kind of head out for the week no that's all i got yeah that's all i got too so to recap patriots otas are looking good and hopefully deandre hopkins will end up a patriot soon because he's starting to take a visit with nfl teams he's got a visit with the titans on sunday we'll see what happens celtics have sam cassell joining their bench and chris paul is a free agent maybe the celtics could surprise us all and somehow bring in chris paul i don't think so but that would be kind of cool and Chris Sales hurt again, and Alex Verdugo needs to continue to be the spark plug that the Red Sox need if they want to have any success this season. Yeah. As always, make sure to rate and subscribe to the Legends of Single Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, and everywhere else where you can get your podcasts. 
Make sure to check us out on Twitter at Lingo Legends and make sure to follow Student Union Sports at Student Union Sports on all platforms. If nothing else for this week, that is the ever wonderful, handsome, charming Tom Powder Cadmus. I'm your host, Alan Hegan. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week for episode 225. Yes, sir.